0: It is the 200-level episode 166, fourth in the Road, and thinking about this season for Illinois basketball and where it's going to go, which we don't know yet. Friday night is a huge moment. Go back to last year, and I did a podcast, and I want to caution all of you that and this is going to be very different from what I did before the Maryland game last year. We had such a buildup before that Friday night, and it felt like this was the moment The Eve of the Moment, I called that podcast, very dramatic, right? This is not going to be that kind of podcast because, to be quite honest, it's been difficult to get that excitement for a team that hasn't played in nine days, ten days by the time they play Iowa. And it's also a different kind of feeling because last year you were on the up, and this year it feels like you haven't yet cracked your full potential and we don't know where the season's going to go. Not that we did last year, right? But that was fun, uh, part of the fun, was not knowing where that team was going and all the high expectations that were gradually built up through wins at Wisconsin and at Michigan leading up to that moment against Maryland, which didn't go very well. And this is different, and I'm kind of glad it is, because if I had the same sort of excitement for this Iowa game, it means there's that much more of an opportunity for Illinois to break my heart. I don't think mentally I'm in a place where this game could go so terribly wrong that I'm broken, especially because we haven't seen a game for over a week. But this is crucial, and this is going to dictate a lot of where this season goes. Not that Illinois can't make up ground if they lose to Iowa, but the chances to do so become fewer and fewer. And we see how disjointed the season's been, anyways the postponements, the cancellations, not knowing if we're going to play the Nebraska and Michigan State games, and not knowing when the next postponement's going to happen in the first place. You put all those things together, and that makes Friday night a crucial moment in a season that has yet to have that crucial moment, at least in a positive way. At Duke, What does that mean? I don't know. Duke will maybe sneak in the NCAA tournament, but that's not going to be some marquee win that helps you seeding-wise in the tournament all that much. Minnesota at home, Purdue at home, fine. But a game like Iowa can really solidify the fact that this Illinois team will be a four seed in the tournament, five seed, maybe worst case. And it also will prove to us something that I think we really need reassurance about, that this Illinois team is in fact top 20, maybe top 15. That when they play at their best, they can beat most teams in this country, in this Big Ten. I think we need a shot of confidence in our arm here. And we've lost a lot of that over the last month. And for good reason. This team has not given us a whole lot to hang our hats on in terms of, I believe that they can do this or I believe they can do that. They got to show us again. And... That's the contrast to last year. January last year was this wild stretch where you won all these games in dramatic fashion. You kept winning these games in dramatic fashion, and you got rid of all these road streaks where you hadn't won the Kohl Center since 2010. You hadn't won in Michigan since, I think, 2008 or seven. Who even knows? And this year, you don't really have a lot of those milestones. But beating Iowa, that cures a lot of what ails you. And I think it will kind of wash away the stink that we have so far this season, which, you know, if that maybe sounds dramatic for a team that's 10-5 and and ranked 19th in the country, I understand, right? Maybe that is a bit dramatic, but it hasn't felt right. And boy, can it feel right tomorrow if they get this win against Iowa. So this is going to be a shorter podcast. I wanted to get something out there before the moment against Iowa. And while it will be very different from the one that we had before the Friday night Maryland game last year, I think there is some context that we need to look at for the rest of the season. And that if you beat Iowa, here's what the rest of the season may look like. And if you lose to them, here's what it may look like then. I don't want to consider the alternative, that second option there. I don't like the idea of losing to Iowa at home and then trying to scrounge up other wins. But we will broach that possibility as well. But as I said in the last podcast, for what little this is worth... I think Illinois wins. Not going to guarantee it. I'm not going to do what I did before Maryland and Michigan State last year, saying that that Illinois team was going to win both games and win the Big Ten title. I was caught up in the wave, right? And not being caught up in the wave and taking a step back and looking at this game for what it is, I think Illinois fans should feel good about the matchup. I think that they should feel not all that concerned about the rust factor, considering Iowa hasn't played for over a week themselves. And that when you put these two teams on the court and the possibility of C.J. Frederick not being out there for Iowa, this is a pretty good opportunity to get that big marquee win that will stay with you and you can keep it in your back pocket for Selection Sunday. Before we get too far into it, a reminder, the 200 level is brought to you by DP Doe. Online at dpdoe.com. Use coupon code Mike for $5 Cal Zones, $6 Premium and Construction Zones. They deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. And I don't know if you've noticed... But winter is here. It is nasty. I prefer to stay inside. And I would rather have them bring the hot calzone to me. They can do that. They deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. So get your pregame calzone before Illinois, Iowa. $5 with coupon code Mike at dpdough.com. 4th and Kirby online at fourthandkirby.com. Get your new lucky shirt. Hopefully, whatever you were wearing the last month, you burned that and you went back to 4th and Kirby to get some new swag. Vintage-inspired Eye Apparel, and you can get 10% off with coupon code 200LEVEL at fourthandkirby.com. T-shirts, crewneck sweatshirts, all of it looks great. It fits great. High quality apparel at fourthandkerby.com. Finally state farm agent Brian Hanson online at brianismyguy.com. Life auto home business renters. You name it, Brian will take care of whatever insurance needs you have and as we experienced with our new homeowners and auto bundle, it is personalized service, seamless, easy. They take all the hassle out of it and they really take care of you. Brian is my guy. .com for State Farm agent Brian Hansen. Alani Enquirer and the Champagne Showers Podcast Network appreciate their partnership with the 200 level and appreciate your listenership, if that's a word. I see that and then I will type it in sometimes and get a red line under it. We'll call it listenership. That sounds official. And all the ratings and reviews that you guys have put into Apple Podcast really helps us out. So if you haven't done so, give us a quick rating and review and that helps us move up the search engine when someone looks for a new Alani podcast, of which there are many. So thanks for making this part of your podcast rotation. So for tomorrow night, Friday night, 8 o'clock, you got to wait a little bit longer. That means maybe another drink or two before the game starts. You get that nervous energy started. And I got to admit that right now I don't have that. But I think as tomorrow goes on, and it's going to feel like a long day, right? Friday is going to drag because we're going to be waiting. I wish it were 6 o'clock, but such as the FS1 basketball contract. This is a late Friday night game. Wait for us old people. And that anticipation will build if it hasn't built already. Now, I might just be speaking for myself here, but the fact that it's been over a week and the fact that this season hasn't done a lot to really inspire enthusiasm yet, I think is the key contributor to why I haven't thought all that much about tomorrow night's game. But what I do know, what I know for a fact, based on how this rivalry has gone the last couple years and how it's renewed, I know how good I would feel if Illinois beats Iowa. It's the kind of win that... It would carry over through the entire weekend all the way up to the Tuesday night game at Indiana, which by the way, that's going to be tough. The next four games are extremely tough. And that's really what I wanted to focus on is the fork in the road here in this season. And Iowa may be that moment where if you can win this game, not only do you get a marquee win that is going to really raise the floor, the worst case scenario for this team. But if you lose against Iowa, I don't know how low that four goes. It's safe to say the Big Ten is going to get a bunch of teams in. I also think it's safe to say that as frustrating as this Illinois team has been, they aren't going to totally collapse. But the question I think we've all kind of had in this last month, and really you could go back to December, the game at Missouri or the game at Rutgers. We're still trying to figure this thing out. I think that what we're finding out is that this team, when they are at their best, does reach those lofty expectations that we had for them. And that when they don't, it's so far beneath that top 10 caliber team that we were hoping for that you can't help but be underwhelmed or disappointed. And if you combine those two things, what you have essentially is, I think, the ranking is pretty much appropriate right now, 19th in the country, you're fourth in the Big Ten with a chance to take second place by yourself by beating Iowa. Now, the Big Ten race is something that I've kind of cautioned myself talking about too much because as much as I wanted that banner I don't think that's all that likely Michigan does have a couple weeks off they only have one loss in conference I'm not sure how all the tiebreakers shake out if they miss a bunch of games and don't make it up and you do get your crack at Michigan next week or no two weeks uh, or essentially a week and a half from now so that that is coming up and that will be their first game back from their COVID break but the Iowa game to me is not just about the one game against Iowa that you get this year. And it's not just about the fact that if you win, you all but solidify a four or five seed in the NCAA tournament. It'd be difficult to imagine it getting that much worse. It's the fact that this could springboard you into a four-game stretch that will completely change the way that we view this team for the better. The fork in the road, the four-game stretch coming up here, Iowa on Friday night, at Indiana on Tuesday, Wisconsin next Saturday at home, At Michigan on Thursday, February 11th. So we're two weeks away from that, not a week and a half, two weeks away from that Michigan game. And then after that, you have this to look forward to an easier stretch, if you can call it that. (laughs) I mean, Northwestern at home, that should be easy. At Minnesota, certainly that's tough. Nebraska at home, and then the final two games at Wisconsin and at Ohio State. There's a couple things that this team needs to do for us, I think, to feel good about it, and that is to start winning some of these marquee matchups. So let's take the next four games. Let's say somehow, someway, Illinois goes three and one. I think that kind of requires a win against Iowa because at Indiana, at Michigan, can you split those? I think you can. Wisconsin at home. I think you can get that. It'd be difficult to beat them twice this year, but I actually don't mind that matchup. And Wisconsin has just been very erratic. Last night against Maryland, they had, I think the last seven minutes of the game, they didn't get a field goal. So they had these moments where they just aren't all that good. So this next four-game stretch, let's say you go 3-1, and, and that would put you at 9-4 and four in the Big Ten. And while that's not maybe good enough to win a Big Ten title, that solidifies your position as a top-four seed in the NCAA tournament because you would have those Tier 1 wins against, let's say, in Iowa or against Wisconsin. Those are going to look good no matter what happens the rest of the season. After that, those five games to end the year, Northwestern at home, Nebraska at home, and those are your last two home games of the season. Your last home game... Right now, would be February 24th. And now that I think about it, the two games that you might make up, if they even get around to it, are both road games at Nebraska, at Michigan State. So you can't drop either of those. Those are the games that you simply cannot lose, but the rest of them give you a bunch of chances to get quality wins. When all is said and done, you're sitting there right now at six and three in the conference, and I'm thinking, okay, what is the likeliest outcome here? And if I'm just to do a dare to dream, and not even a dare to dream, let's call it a realistic breakdown of how the rest of the schedule could shake out. Iowa, let's call that a win. Again, I feel good about it, and maybe I'm going to be eating crow tomorrow night, but I do feel good about that matchup. The one time you play them, let's call that a win. That would be huge. At Indiana, I think you sneak out with a win there. Wisconsin at home, I'll call that a win. I'm going to give them a 3-1 stretch here in the next four with a loss at Michigan, even though Michigan will have the rust factor. We'll see. But let's call it 3-1 in the next four. And then for your final five games, assuming that the makeups don't happen, Northwestern, let's call that a win, four and one. Let's say you lose at Minnesota, split the season series, you're four and two. Nebraska at home, five and two. At Wisconsin, at Ohio State, I'll be generous and I'll split that and say you end up six and three in the last nine in conference. That would put you at twelve and six. Probably not good enough to win a Big Ten title, but certainly good enough to still be a top 20 probably by that point to be honest top 15 caliber team and i've kind of recalibrated expectations and maybe i shouldn't lower them so much but i have recalibrated them out of self-interest to be honest to not get too upset and not feel too underwhelmed because it would still be an accomplishment for this team now that we're starting to see that yes andres Feliz, that was a huge loss and alan griffin would have been a huge impact on this team I think it's fair to move that bar back towards second or third in the conference. Make the second week of the NCAA tournament. All those goals are still in front of you. Maybe you run in the Big Ten tournament, and I don't think we would end the season necessarily underwhelmed or feeling empty. This team is what they are, which is to say that when they are playing great, how much fun is it? It's so much fun. But we haven't seen that consistently enough. And I don't know if it's ever going to become consistent where this is a genuine top 10 team or a national title contender. But you put yourself in that conversation of a top four seed in the NCAA tournament and you can make that run. You can be the team that's hot at the right time. Not all that dissimilar from how we felt last year if they would have gotten into the tournament. And you know what? For as starved as we have been for success, I'll take that. Sure, I'd be disappointed not, not raise a banner. And you got an opportunity to do that. You do control your own destiny here for the rest of the Big Ten schedule. But since I'm not assuming that, and I don't think it's realistic to assume that either, when you recalibrate and think what would equate to a successful season, I think that's still within reach, but it has to happen against Iowa. Now, here's the good news here's the good news about the stretch coming up, and I think the way that Illinois will play. Trent and Adam Miller have started to come around. Now, it's a shame, again, that you didn't have a game between Penn State and Iowa to get that momentum rolling, or at least to continue it. But I don't think that the rust factor is going to impact those guys all that much. I think that you're starting to see them play a little bit more competently on offense. I think defensively, Adam Miller has really come around, and you know what you get from Trent. And the question will be which one of those guys can solidify themselves as the third scoring option on this team. And they could alternate. It doesn't matter to me. Tomorrow night could be Trent's night, and then it could be Adam Miller against Indiana on Tuesday. However that shakes out, though, one of them, one of them needs to be hitting. And I think they can. In fact, I have more confidence in that than the next one, which is Io. And I know it's weird to say that. This is not at all an attack on Io or saying that he's not been great. He's been terrific, right? He is still playing at an All-Big Ten level, and when it's all said and done, he may very well be an All-American. But we have seen a three, four-game stretch from him that is uncharacteristic to what we saw the previous, what, 20-plus games dating back to last year. But if you look at Io's career, it's not all that unusual. He's had moments. You can go back to the early part of his sophomore year. You can go to much of his freshman year. And see these moments where he kind of falls off a little bit, where he's not the aggressive I.O. that goes out and wins you games. Now, we've seen hero ball a couple times. I think the Missouri game is the closest thing to that. And that didn't help you to a win, though he at least kept you in that game. We, we know that when he wills this team to a win, more often than not, he gets it done. But I think the supporting cast is still good enough where he can find that groove He can find that perfect medium where you see in the first half, often he is trying to be a facilitator, trying to get other guys into it. And then right around the 12 minute mark in the second half, that's when he becomes the closer. And if we can get back into that kind of rhythm, and if you can see first half performances continue to improve from this team, I feel a little bit better about IO being the guy that may not fill the stat sheet for the first 20 minutes, but when it comes down to it, he's going to get his. But I still got a question mark about that because we've seen some inconsistency from him that makes me wonder, and this is Will Leach. He had wrote this for Smile Politely yesterday. Is he a surefire first-round draft pick? I would have said absolutely back in December. I would have said absolutely probably through the Indiana game. But you're starting to see cracks in it. You're starting to see teams figure out how to defend him, and he's not getting to the rim quite as easily. He's not shooting as well as he probably would have hoped to improve his draft stock. So there's still questions, right? He's not a perfect player. There are few players that are perfect. I'll take him on my team, knowing what the best case scenario is. But that, to me, is still a bigger question mark than either Adam Miller or Trent Frazier kind of alternating for the third scoring role. Kofi, I feel a lot better about. And I think we're starting to see more consistency, softer touch around the rim, a little bit more aggressive. The Maryland game was disappointing. The Ohio State game was disappointing um, in some respects as well. The Penn State game, hopefully, was a get-right game for Kofi. And we saw last year, he played well against Luka in both of those games. So then it comes down to who plays the four. I think Grandison gets the start tomorrow. I think DeMonte off the bench, I'm still fine with that. You're starting to see DeMonte slip in terms of offensive production a little bit. But Grandison emerging as a viable starter at the four. Everything he did so well in that one start against Penn State, and you can consider the opponent, but also consider that Penn State has actually played pretty well since that Illinois game, when you probably should have won by more than 14 or 12, whatever the final margin was. They hung with Ohio State yesterday. There was a game before that where they, I forget who they beat, but they're not playing bad basketball, and Grandison was terrific in that game. He knows his role, he defends well, he rebounds well, good passer, and he's efficient as a scorer as well. I like him in the starting lineup. I like that size that you get from him. So I don't really have a question about Jacob Grandison so much, which might be weird because there was a stretch where we joked on the show that he was pretty good at standing and pretty good at running. And what else? We weren't really sure. But I think that you slot him in there at the four, and he has a specific role to play. He seems comfortable with that. He's certainly not a liability like I was afraid that he might be back in December. And if anything, as he continues to get more experience on the court, I'm excited to see that role grow. For Jacob and then it comes down to the bench can Curbelo find that groove that he had back in late December early January when we started the start Curbelo campaign can DeMonte find some more confidence offensively this is his scoring total the last three games he was scoreless against Maryland in 32 minutes three points against Ohio State three points against Penn State three-point shooting he's one for four in the last three games And that's coming off a stretch where he scored 8-12-6 against Indiana-Purdue-Northwestern. And if I can do some quick math here, he had eight threes in those three games. So we still got it in him, but he's had a bit of an offensive slump. And I think it was an appropriate move to get him out of the starting lineup and see if his role can flourish off the bench. I think it could, and that is another question mark for this team. And then you get to the guys like a Coleman Hawkins. Let's not forget Georgie, who I think has been playing well overall. And you feel like we got an eight, potentially nine deep that you feel comfortable with. And the question marks to me are, can you get old IO back? And what I mean by that is the IO that we saw from much of last year and the first few months of this season or the first month and a half. And if you can do that and couple that with a little bit more consistency from each guy and not asking anyone to be a star. And if you get a third scoring threat from Adam Miller or Trent Frazier on any given night, I think you're going to be fine. The other part of this team that I'm going to be interested to see is the mental component because we've seen, for whatever reason, they have a hard time getting up against some opponents. Now, there's no excuse for them to have come out against Ohio State, a good Ohio State team, as flat as they were. But look at the Maryland game. Look at the Northwestern first half. Look at Penn State, uh, at Penn State back on December 23rd if we pull their hair out with this team at certain times, it seems to be this lack of urgency. And I think a lot of that could probably be chalked up to for whatever reason, they need a little bit more of a push. And sometimes that push can come from playing an elite opponent. Go back to the Baylor game. Baylor was just better than you were. And if you played them 10 times, they're probably winning seven, if not eight. I don't want to face them in the NCAA tournament. I don't think you'd have a chance in a rematch against those guys, at least a legit chance. But, you played them tough and it was maybe a B minus C plus game for Illinois. And you hung in there against the number two team in the nation. They showed up for that game. There was no question that Illinois in terms of energy and focus, they were there for that game. It was just the Baylor is so disruptive on defense that Illinois couldn't quite get in the swing of things. So as you play the Iowa's and the Wisconsin's and the Michigan's of the world, maybe even Ohio state towards the end of the year in Columbus, do you see renewed focus from this team? And If you don't, I'll go worst case scenario real quick. If you come out flat against Iowa, then I won't know what to say. I won't know what to tell you guys. I won't have good news to deliver. It's basically that this team might severely underperform. That would be my takeaway. If on Friday night against Iowa, you come out flat, you lose by a lot, and you're left wondering as a fan, how did you not get up for the Iowa game? If this is a lingering problem when you play a top 10 team, then I I don't know what the path forward is. So that would be DEFCON one to me. I know it's a top 10 Iowa team. There's no shame in necessarily losing to Iowa, but I think we'll know from the eye test and from the energy the team comes out with on Friday night if they've turned a corner with that or maybe if they are just a team that requires a better opponent, some sort of extrinsic motivation in order to get their asses in gear. It's not ideal. You know, you wish that they would show up every night and every half, every four-minute stretch of every game, And while that's not realistic, this team can be more consistent. But I do think if you go back to last year, you'll find that for the most part, the bigger the game, the more they showed up. Maybe that's just part of their identity. That bodes well for March. If you can put yourself in a position to be a good seed in the tournament in March and have something meaningful to play for, that bodes well, I guess. But um, that is what I'm really going to be watching for tomorrow. Apart from just the fact of, okay, do you win this game? Can you take that fork in the road instead of the other one, which leads down to a dark, scary, anxious place where we don't know where this thing's going if you lose to Iowa and you look flat doing so. So when it comes to what I expect from tomorrow night against Iowa, I expect a win. The scheduling break, getting them at home. We probably would have circled this back in October as the game that would decide the Big Ten champion. But you can remove the Big Ten title implications from this and keep it even simpler than that. Iowa is a team that as good as they can be, they can get punked. And they can get punked on the road. At Minnesota was a big example of that. Even at home against an Indiana team that got up in their face, they have enough size and athleticism to disrupt those Iowa guards who shot terribly. And I look at that game tomorrow, apart from the mental side of it, where you need to kick your rival's ass. That's what you need to do in a big game like this. Fans are not. You need to take care of business at home. But then down to a matchup perspective, where on the perimeter, you do have the size and athleticism to disrupt those shooters for Iowa. You did it last year at home for quite a big uh, part of that game where you got up by as many as 15 or 16 points. And yes, Iowa came back because they started making threes. They're going to do that. Illinois could take a substantial lead tomorrow, and then Iowa's going to come right back into the game. I'd be surprised if either team won by more than two or three possessions. I would be. But I think the key difference is, go back to the Indiana game. And I, I'm kind of going back on what I said the last podcast. I said that Luca Garza, you want to keep him maybe down towards like a 20-point, not a 30-point game. Well, guess what? He had 28, I think, against Indiana. He got his. The rest of the team did not. So for Friday night, Luka Garza, he is going to get what he gets. I think he, same thing last year in Champaign. Yes, Kofi blocked the shot late in the game, but from what I recall, Luca was still pretty damn good. But the difference was there was a long stretch in that second half where Iowa couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. They couldn't shoot that well. And the reason for that was your perimeter defense was excellent. And while I am a little bit leery after seeing Ohio State shooting performance against Illinois and even Penn State in the first half, some uncontested threes that make you think, oh God, when Iowa gets in here, we're going to be in trouble. I do think the fact that they are your rival, you hate them, you want to beat them a hell of a lot more than you did Ohio State or Penn State for that matter. You put those things together. I think you should be feeling pretty good about it. As a fan, as a fan, I hope that the players do not feel any sense of, oh, we got this. And there's no reason for them to. They're 10 and five, they're fine, they aren't great. And they haven't really put a full 40 minutes together, even though Penn State got close. And I know, consider the opponent, right? But the encouraging thing about that Penn State game was there was a focus throughout until you got to the final four minutes of the first half. And then there was all the hubbub with the 15-minute officiating review. So that was a mess, right? But for 36 minutes. So we're inching closer, right? We're inching closer to the complete 40-minute game that we so badly want from this team. And let's see if we get it from Iowa. You'll probably need it. But you may not need a perfect game against Iowa. That's a thing too. As good as they can be, don't consider them unbeatable or invincible. I think we know that. Um, but I think it bears repeating. The anxiety we feel going into games like this as fans. Certainly part of it's the way Illinois played so far, but Keep in mind, this Big Ten season has been ridiculous. And the teams that you would consider great, even a Michigan that lost by a bunch at Minnesota, the teams that you would consider shoe-ins in any given matchup, that may not happen. And also, you see that the teams that we consider great, like a Wisconsin or an Iowa, have these prolonged stretches of bad basketball just like we do. The difference is that we got a couple bad losses. And that changes the entire complexion. If you had beaten Maryland just that game, right, and you're 7-2 and two in the conference, even with that loss at home against Ohio State, how much different are you feeling right now? Now, listen, it happened. It's part of what this team is. That inconsistency will drive you mad. Uh, but maybe, and here's what my fingers crossed for, maybe, just maybe, that two-game home losing streak was the wake-up call. I wish it didn't require a wake-up call like that that potentially cost you a Big Ten title. But go back to last year. After January 2nd, Michigan State kicks your butt. And we weren't sure where that team was going. They have a great January. And then just when you felt really good about it, oh, well, they drop a couple at home to Maryland, Michigan State. They lose on the road to Rutgers. And then Illinois goes on another great run in the year. I don't know why it is that this team continues to need that prodding. You know, you poke at them with a stick. Come on, wake up, wake up. And eventually they do. Eventually they do. That's what I'm holding on to here the notion that this team, for whatever reason, they need that wake-up call, and they might need a few of them, but the timing may just be right where they got that wake-up call before the Iowa game and that they come out with that focus energy that we need them to have tomorrow. That's the hope. I think they get it done. If they don't, oh God. We will be here for a podcast. Me, Trevor Isaac, second half podcast, late Friday night. Uh, we'll probably have a nice drink in hand to kind of calm those nerves, and hopefully we can have a celebratory podcast. That is the hope. That is the hope. And I hope for Illini fans, I hope that your weekend is a fun one. And I got to be honest, going back to that Maryland game last year, that ruined my weekend. And you might be thinking, Carp, you need to move on or you need to get over things. Go back to that Friday night, eight o'clock start. I think it was FS1, national coverage, all that. State Farm Center was electric. It felt like this was the moment. You lost. Second half just sucked. Really the last 30 minutes of that game just sucked. And that Saturday and Sunday, dull, dreary winter days. You're in the doldrums because your Illinois team lost a big game and there's not much else you can do about it. Well, this year of all years in this pandemic where you're going to wake up on Saturday and it's going to be like every weekend that came before it since last March, which is to say nothing's happening. No distractions. You got to occupy yourself with things to do. This is why I hate weekends during the pandemic. They don't really matter anymore. <laughs> the idea of waking up Saturday after Illinois beats Iowa. ah. Oh. I can picture it. And sadly, I can also picture the feeling of waking up a little bit groggy, bleary-eyed on Saturday morning after having that angry whiskey before the night is over, losing to Iowa and thinking, oh my God, what the hell am I going to do this weekend? What is there to do? So please, for the sake of Illini fans, for the sake of myself, for selfish reasons, Illini basketball, get the win, beat Iowa, however you got to do it. I think they will. And I'm not just saying that. I'm not just saying that. Okay, that's it for today. It was a shorter podcast, just kind of a precursor to what we got tomorrow. And the fact that this is the fork in the road for this team, beating Iowa will set them up very well for the rest of the year. And I think it will show us, yes, they can beat really good teams. They will get a few more big ones this year. And whether or not that includes a Big Ten title, I'm not going to really discuss that. But whether or not it includes a banner to be raised, it will at least confirm that, yes, this team is very good and they will be dangerous come March. And that's why Friday is so important, leading through the rest of the Big Ten schedule. Before we get out of here, a reminder, DP Doe. Online at dpdoe.com. Use coupon code Mike for $5 calzones, $6 premium and construction zones at dpdoe.com. They'll deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. So get a piping hot calzone before the huge game on Friday night, dpdoe.com. 4th and Kirby. Online at fourthandkirby.com Use coupon code 200LEVEL for 10% off your order. Vintage-inspired t-shirts, sweatshirts from 4th and Kirby. Get your new lucky shirt today at 4 And finally, State Farm Agent Brian Hanson online at brianismyguy.com. Life, auto, home, business, renters, you name it. Brian and his staff will take care of you with great State Farm prices, of course, but also personalized service that makes it super easy and painless. And we can vouch for it. Our homeowner was an auto bundle. It was the easiest insurance process I've ever been a part of. brianismyguy.com. For Alana Inquirer, Champagne Showers Podcast Network, we will be back tomorrow night, Friday night, Me, Trevor Isaacs, second half podcast, hopefully a celebratory one. And if it's not, well, hopefully cathartic, but it's time to get a big win. The time is right. Don't worry about the rust factor. It's there for both teams and it's your rival. And these kinds of games, regardless of what came before it, it can really change the complexion of a season when you get a win like this. And I think Saturday we can wake up feeling a hell of a lot better about where this thing's going. Quick reminder as we... Fade out here. This is Decadence Out of Your Head from our latest album, Fever Dreams. Wherever music is available, Apple, Spotify, check us out. In the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you Friday night. It is the 200 level.